Hey friends, are you craving connection on a deeper level with high caliber women? Well, I've got the perfect evening for you. If you live in the Twin Cities area of Minneapolis, St. Paul, or want to visit, I invite you to join me for an intimate evening of rich conversation, fabulous food, and new connections. Just send me an email at hello at barbarachurchill.com with the subject line, invite me to dinner, and I'll make sure to put you on the list to get all the information. This is happening early 2024, and you'll definitely want to be there. You are listening to episode 43 of the Create What You Crave podcast, where I'm talking all about words, what you say, how you say it, and how much it matters. Are you ready for this? Yeah, let's go. Welcome to the Create What You Crave podcast, a place for creating the self-confidence you need to be your best self as a leader at work and in life. If you want to bring more authenticity, more boldness, more clarity, and more fun to your world, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Barbara Churchill. Here we go. Hey, hey, happy podcast day. How are you doing? Isn't it a question you get a lot? People see you at the office. Hey, how are you doing? You see friends, you text family, you know, all the things. And I bet your first response is something like, hey, I'm fine, or I'm good. Now, there's nothing wrong with those responses, but I'm also betting that on many occasions you are not fine, nor are you good. In my private coaching program, one of the first things I work with my clients on is identifying their feelings because they have become so detached from the ability to do so. Right away, we take fine and good off the table because they are not actual feelings, my friends. Feelings are one word and describe how you feel. So content, sad, frustrated, annoyed, joyful, curious, pissed. You get the drift. Those are feelings. They are much more descriptive of the reality of where you are in the moment, right? Fine and good, not so much. So the words we use matter. They matter to us and they matter to others we communicate with. Now, women in particular have been socialized not to use certain words, you know, like swear words, because they are deemed vulgar and unladylike. Um, By whose criteria, really? So when men swear, and they do that a lot, by the way, it's pleasant and (laughs) manlike. Such a double standard, right? I get so tired of that. And, And you know me, if you've been around me at all, you know, I'm a gal that likes a few of the swear words. So there are certain situations when women need to pay attention to the words they're using and how they are saying them, because it directly affects their success, how they're perceived, their own confidence, and so much more. And these situations are usually when women are being assertive, or at least we're trying to be, right? Recently, I had a situation with a family member where they behaved in a way that was wrong and abusive to another family member. And I'm not saying it was not okay, which by the way, have you noticed how that has become the way to say something is wrong? You know, that's just not okay, which is such crap. I mean, talk about sugarcoating something. If it's wrong, say it is wrong. That's just how I feel. It's my other soapbox. Anyway, years ago, I never would have said anything because doing so would have created a shitstorm of reactions from this person. So I just kept my mouth shut. I don't do that anymore and haven't for a long time. So the target of this abuse isn't able to stick up for themselves. So I did it for them. I use my words wisely 
rather than carefully. And do you see the difference in that? One is based in strength and one is based in fear. So I stuck up for the person and called out the abuse. I stood in my own personal power and my own value system and it felt so good, like it always does. Sticking up for yourself is a must. And I'm sure it's not been something that you've practiced diligently, especially if you have any of the four derailers, perfectionist, prover, procrastinator, and pleaser in particular. And there are a few things you can do to practice this. And I've got some tips for you, seven of them, for example. But the first thing might surprise you. So the first thing I'm going to tell you is to do nothing. And while I really don't mean nothing, I mean Don't change anything for an entire week. Just notice how you show up, what difficult situations you encountered, and keep a log of everything, right? Document it all, what you said, what they said, what you did, what they did. And this will give you a chance to observe how you show up in certain tough situations and then evaluate what would you do differently next time. It's such valuable information. Now, the second thing has to do with confidence. And everybody thinks that you have to be confident to be assertive. Not true. You don't have to feel confident to stand up for yourself. You can feel scared or nervous and stick up for yourself. Did you know that? I mean, I've done this so many times. I've been in situations that get escalated and I want to say something to stand up for myself. And in that moment, I'm more focused on using my personal power or righting a wrong than I am the fear of opening my mouth to say something. Can you relate to that? I bet you've had situations like that too. How did you feel when you stood up for something you believed in? Powerful, scared, proud, free? Yeah, I mean, it is a great thing. And if you don't feel confident in the moment, I get it because there's a lot of stuff swirling around in your head. So try to choose some thoughts that are going to create that confidence or try to choose thoughts that are going to calm your brain and create that sense of personal power. You got to remember that our thoughts create our feelings. So if you want to feel a certain way, you have to think thoughts that will help you feel that way, right? Choose it until you just become it. I don't like that fake it till you make it stuff. I don't like that at all. I'd rather say choose it until you become it. Now, the third thing, And I hear this all the time. The third thing is stop diminishing your sentences. Have you ever heard yourself practically apologizing for asking a question or being in the room? So instead of saying, I need to reschedule, you say, you know, I may need to maybe reschedule if that's okay with you. Notice how I say it and I sound very apologetic and not so confident and and just, you know, mousy. We tend to soften our bold statements or our ideas. And I'm here to tell you right now, stop. Stop doing that. Stop saying sort of, or kind of, or maybe. And stop saying, I feel like, and then say a thought. Make statements. You will come across as so much stronger. And if it will help you, write down what you want to say in advance and then just remove all the extra fluff. Strong statements, that's where it's at, my friend, especially if you are a leader. The fourth tip here, stop apologizing. I am so done with our society and this sorry thing. 
Now we have commercials. Sorry, not sorry. We have them to jingles. I mean, it's just, oh my stars. We have created a monster with the word sorry. We apologize all the time. You bump into someone in the hall on the way to your desk. Sorry. You talk over someone. Sorry. You pull into a parking space before another car. Sorry. You pop your head in your boss's office to ask a question. Sorry. The moment you apologize to someone, you're saying, I'm doing something wrong right now. And it diminishes your power. It diminishes the power of what you're saying. Since it's not wrong to assert yourself, it's not appropriate to apologize for it. It's the that simple. It really is. So start substituting the phrase, excuse me, or pardon me. Hey, excuse me, Nancy. I have a question. Do you have a minute? Instead of, oh, Nancy, sorry to bother you. Do you have a minute? I just have a quick question. Do you see the total difference in that? And it's really just changing a couple words. Number five is stop waiting for the perfect time. You know when the best time to speak up is? Right now or right in that moment. That's the perfect time. Not in two days, not in a month. While you're in the moment, don't go along with something you don't agree with or you don't want to do just because you're not ready or prepared to issue a counter. I have clients who freeze. They just don't even know what to say. It's because they're allowing their nervous system to freak out. They're allowing a past experience to dictate how they behave today. So have some simple responses in your back pocket. You got to prepare for this stuff. If someone says something insulting or offensive, just, you know what? Hey, I don't agree. Or I don't see it that way. I mean, that works well. You don't have to give your reasoning if you're not ready for it, but just saying that. It works really well. Or you know what? You can ask a question that make the other people that you're speaking to explain themselves. And in that process, you can hear, hopefully they can hear how they sound. Like, you know what? I don't understand. What do you mean by that? And remember that speaking your mind, even awkwardly, is a hell of a lot better than staying silent. Okay? A sixth tip I have for you, my friends, is to stay focused. And I really want you to pay attention to this one, okay? Assertiveness is all about effectiveness. There's a change you want to take place in your life or at work. You're aiming at that change. Stay focused with it. And to do that, you want to be aware of the hooks, which are these little diversionary tactics that your conversation partner might employ to pull you off track. And I'm not saying there's any malice in this. It's just watch for these, okay? So say you're telling your colleague you'd like him to be sure to copy you on any emails that he sends to your team. And he says to you, you're getting upset over that? Man, that's a bit much. You took that meeting with our vendor and didn't ask me to join. Okay, that comment, that's a hook. Don't take the bait. If you do, you'll concede control and let your emotions yank you off course. So respond like this, okay? We can talk about that meeting if you'd like, but right now it's the emails to my team we're talking about. It is like ready, aim, fire. You redirect, you get back on track, okay? Because that's another way to just distract And I'm not saying to ignore your feelings either, but just don't let them run the show, okay? Because when we do, our brains aren't working properly. We're not coming up with the best responses. And the last one is let it get awkward. 
I'm here to tell you, you're not going to feel great about this right away. It will feel unnatural and clunky because doing this takes you out of your comfort zone. I coach my clients to write down what they want to say and rehearse saying it out loud. It's very different to actually say the words than to run them in your mind. Trust me on this. Now, I want you to do it in front of a mirror too, so you can see what your face is doing when you speak up for yourself. I know this sounds like public speaking 101, but it really, really works. I mean, watch your eyes. Do they dart side to side? Do they look down apologetically? Really rehearse this because you want to come on very confident and firm. The bottom line here is it will feel weird and that's okay. And it's also okay if or when people get mad or irritated or frustrated in that conversation. We have been taught as women that we should care a lot about what other people think and we should take care of what they feel too. It requires a level of courage to risk someone thinking something negative about us. So watch for the pleaser to want to take over. It's scary to stick up for yourself for all kinds of reasons. You don't want to get fired or, you know, you don't want to lose a friend or be thought of as, you know, some hag or whatever. But when you stop to think about it, isn't it scarier to be a doormat and have your values stepped on? Just because someone gets mad doesn't mean you should have stayed quiet. If you can't be assertive, you are not in charge of your own life. And whose life is it anyway? Now, by the time this podcast airs, it will be 11 days before Christmas. Why not get all practiced up for those oh-so-fun family gatherings where you know someone is going to have too much eggnog and spout off on something? Think about the situations from years past that tend to cycle through repeatedly and plan how you'll respond. Craft your responses to questions you get asked every year that you hate answering. Practice in the mirror how you'll say no when your entire body is just screaming, run. Practice feeling awkward and uncomfortable. It's okay for people to have their feelings and their thoughts. It's not your job to fix them or take care of them. It's your job to show up as authentically and brilliantly you for the whole world to see. When you do that, you'll be saying an enthusiastic ho, ho, ho. (laughs) And if you want to partner with a woman who knows exactly how it feels to speak her mind and assert herself all over the place, you know. I am your gal. I'd love to talk to you. So schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today and let's build up that assertiveness muscle before the new year rolls in, okay? And until next time, remember, I believe in you. Hey, if you love this episode and want to dive deeper into what's possible for you, I invite you to schedule a call with me where we can discuss what it takes to get out from under the weight of self-doubt and step into the real you unapologetically. It's simple. Just visit barbarachurchill.com to book your complimentary call now. Remember, subscribe and review this podcast because I really want to hear from you. I'll see you soon. 